0: hello and welcome to another episode of sounds like comics the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and tv i'm luke from that film stew my co-host today is nathan hello and welcome thanks for having me today's topic adam's family values the movie version adam's family are back this is your warning we will be talking spoilers this is the first for us we've done follow-on seasons of a tv show but it's the first time we've gone back and done a sequel to a movie We've already talked about. How does it
1: feel to be tackle on sequels?
0: Yeah, no, it's good. I think we already talked about doing Bogus Journey after our Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure That's episode. Right. Yes, I mean maybe this could become a thing. Yeah. We don't have to go too much into the history. So again, I'm seeing this episode as more of a companion to that 1991 original. So just to touch on the first appearance a little bit and maybe add something a little extra that I didn't talk about last time. Most people assume The Adams Family started life as a TV series in the 1960s. Well, they actually appeared in a series of comic panels for The New Yorker from 1938.
1: And until doing the prep last time, I had no idea. I thought it started with that TV series. Mm, and it's, it's, it's a common misconception that people have, and it's very misleading until they actually go away and do their research and find out that, no, in fact, it did appear in The New Yorker. Charles Adams the creator of The Adams Family drew around
0: 1,300 New Yorker cartoons. But only 58 of them, almost all in the 1940s to 1950s, featured the then-unnamed family Mm -hmm. who remained anonymous until around the time the TV show debuted. So I think that's where people are thinking they become realised and they were created in the 60s because they were a
1: family with no name up until that point mm-hmm. and a lot, what a lot of people don't realize is his, his dark humor his trademark kind of black morbid humor humor uh comes across in all of his other new york ca- cartoons all the other cartoons that appear in the new yorker are all dark and morbid like that and it's a trait that he would later go on to use to great effect with the adams family apparently
0: he was a bit of a prankster one mm. of the things he used to enjoy doing was hiding from his nana and yep. Jumping out and giving her a fright. That's pretty funny. <laughs> okay, uh, Adams' popular nineteen fifty nine collection, Dear Dead Days, a family album, features the primary six characters, but the TV's uh, head of the family, Gomez Adams, didn't come into it until actor John Aston embodied him in the TV show. Mm-hmm. In values were introduced to their son Pubert. Originally, that was going to be Pugsley. But at the time, they thought it was too risque for mm. a name. But we eventually get that in Values.
1: Mm. I'm really hoping that with the new movie, um, the animated one that's coming out, well, that's already out in America, but it is due to come out next month here. I'm hoping that they reference Pubert again in that, or we see an older version of him. But do we like Pubert? I thought it was pretty cool. Baby with a moustache. Yeah. I thought that was pretty rad. That's in keeping with, with, with the Adams Family.
0: Let's get into the movie then. It is the sequel to The Addams Family, came out in 1991. The film features many cast members from the original, including Raoul Julia, Angelica Houston, Christopher Lloyd, Christina Ricci, Carol Strucken, Jimmy Workman, and Christopher Hart.
1: They're all back. The gang's all back.
0: And I talked about something recently as well, and Christopher Hart's hand also appeared in that. Mm-hmm. Don't no. know
1: why I brought that up, because I can't think what it was. No, I remember incorrectly thinking that Christopher Lloyd was the hand of a thing, of, of thing, but it wasn't.
0: That's right, but I watched something recently and talked about it on one of the podcasts. I can't no. remember which one it was. And Christopher Hart... Anyway, this is, yeah, Christopher Hart, he's back as Thing. Joan Cusack, she's the addition to this movie, and
1: wow, she... Is fantastic. She's going to be a a real thing to talk about. She plays that role so vampy. There's so much vamp and um, so much um, just fiery bombshell kind of element that she brings to that role. That's going to be a real talking point for this episode. She plays a serial killer who marries Uncle Fester, intending to murder him
0: for his inheritance while teenagers Wednesday and Pugsley are sent to summer camp. She's a black widow, as it were. Compared to its predecessor, which retained something of the madcap approach of the 1960s sitcom, Adam's Family Values is played more for macabre laughs. The film was well received by critics in contrast to its predecessor's mixed critical reception. That first movie was a hit. Mm -hmm. This next movie, though, didn't do as well at the box office. It did average business by earning forty-eight point nine million, recouping its forty-seven million budget. I mean, there's multiple factors why I think we didn't get this cast back. Primarily, I'd say, I mean, one, the box office, mm-hmm. but two, the unfortunate death of Raul Julia. Oh,
1: His health was deteriorating noticeably throughout the filming and production of values. Angelica Houston did point that out. And I think you mentioned last time that street fighter was his
0: last movie
1: yeah i think that was his last movie um before he passed away and they had to complete it using just uh, shots of whatever they had lying around of him the movie opened at number one at its initial weekend in its second
0: week the film dropped to number two behind mrs doubtfire and in its third week to number three behind mrs doubtfire and a perfect world wow I literally had to look up A Perfect World because it was not ringing any bells even, earlier. No. you? No. The Clint name.
1: Eastwood, Kevin Costner. No, that's not ringing any bells for me. So
0: Values got one week
1: at the number one spot. Oh, well. But you know. It, it's a small victory. It carried that title for a yep. week. Yep. I recall there being a bit of a marketing campaign around it. Wasn't there a toy line or like a McDonald's kind of Happy Meal tie-in toy line? To values. Yeah. Oh, I'd say so. I mean, back in the day,
0: Macca's always did... I mean, They did. McDonald's and did Batman Returns. Yeah. So I'd, I'd see... that's a dark
1: movie. That's what I mean. Like, it's kind of funny how Macca's were always marketing toys for Happy Meals around these darker themed movies. And I'm pretty sure this was one of them. Not anymore, but I do miss that. Yeah, that was you great. You go there now, it's all My Little Pony, Power Rangers, yeah, that kind of thing. crap like that. Bring back the dark stuff, we
0: say. I do remember when we talked about that first movie, you wasn't that keen on the fact that the movie primarily revolved around Fester, and that in this movie, we Much get that same. again. This time, we're seeing
1: him get pursued by the gold digger. Yep. And in both instances, both movies, as we talked about in the, in the, in the last podcast that deals with this, it's all about them being conned or them being the unwitting uh, victims of a con. This one
0: does seem to have more... Of a plot, it it has more of a direction to go. Whereas that first movie, we both enjoyed it, but things were just happening. Yeah, yeah, that was whereas, a bit directionless. I think because they go away from the house on this one, like yeah. it, the movie takes place at Thanksgiving, and there's the summer camp. So yeah. we're at least we're getting different interactions yeah. with people outside of the family, which I did like. I do agree with that. I think yeah, that's an excellent summarization of it. Raoul Julia, then Gomez Adams, like he is solid in that role. But I don't know if it's because of his ill health.
1: Mm. But watching it again for this podcast, it seems like he is hardly in this movie at all. That's true. He has a couple of big scenes, but um, he does take a definite backseat. He was so prominent. Even that first movie was about Uncle Fester.
0: It was Mm. about them coming together, their relationship. And you got a lot of Gomez. Yeah. And not a lot of this. And because we're not getting much Gomez, I didn't find we got enough Angelica Houston as Morticia Adams. Mm. it's Festa again
1: it's very much Festa driven they everyone takes a back seat and christopher lloyd is fantastic oh
0: yeah as Festa. like he really is like you see him outside of this role he's this tall gangly guy Yet he's a bit of a lump with a round mm. head in this he just really embodies Festa. it's he really, just a he, shame that we don't just get pure Festa. he's always got this other thing going on yeah the amnesia you know, he's trying to pull one over on his family, the deception. Yeah, and this... then he's trying
1: to woo Debbie, who's the, Debbie Jolinski, who is the character that, um, that Joan Cusack plays. But she... oh, She is
0: so good in this. Oh, she's amazing. And she seems even, like, different. Because I've seen her in many things. Me too. But she seems really different in this, almost to the point where she could be a different actress.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She's a bit of a chameleon like that. And that's what I really liked about her in this movie. She... Um, She's a villain that you kind of um, that you like because she brings a certain something to the role, and she's just um, got that wow factor. And it's good that you know it is good that she's. I mean, she is integral to the, to this plot, and she
0: plays it really well. That she's the one that is manipulating Gomez and Maticia, sending mm. off the kids to the summer camp in the first place. Yeah, but I like the fact that her. Her character, at times she's freaked out by the family, yeah. but she's willing to do whatever it takes to, to get try it and done. and get the fortune. Like when Thing lands on her shoulder and she starts sucking his fingers. Yeah, like, yeah, that I'm was on. so
1: suggestive. That's what yeah. I loved about it. It was the hidden sexual like, innuendo, but I thought it was great and Thing just like sort of falls off her shoulder because he's just like so uh, overcome. It was great. But Wednesday's riding on it. She, she clues in straight away. She's suspicious straight away. I do like that, yeah. Like but Wednesday knows. But that was the first one as well. Mm. we got that beat already in that first movie yeah. it was Wednesday and Morticia but seems, we're on to him it seems to be that yeah when and Morticia the, the, um, the females of the family have, have this sixth sense where they can sort of pick up on anything that's not quite right and they sort of tap into it and go hang on something's amiss here and they can just snoop it out they did that that same trick of light in this movie
0: again whenever you see Morticia you get that narrow beam of light yes. across her eyes across her eyes correct so the look again just like that first movie Houston looks fantastic in this just like the the comic strips nails it and
1: then just but that added effect of the light on the eyes always Mm -hmm. really liked it and that's that very suggestive in itself no but that never occurred to me as a kid watching it like you don't think about those sorts of things and then you go back and see them as an adult and you're like okay yeah that light thing that's going on Carol Strucken is back as Lurch Mm -hmm. that name is just fun to say you can say it all day Lurch or Strucken. Strucken. I mean, Lurch is Lurch.
0: Like he's good and he's there. Mm. But when I'm thinking back to what he did in the movie, he plays the the Adams Family song on the piano.
1: Mm-hmm. And was it a bowling ball or a cannonball lands on his head? Yep, yeah, I think there's another scene where he drinks. Lemonade or something that's being sold at a stall and burps it out and it's a really big fiery burp and then he kind of has this big stupid grin on his that's face. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like Lurch is not really doing too much for me in this. But visually, I mean,
0: he looks, visually, he looks just like you'd want him to look. And it was good that they managed to include the, the theme song again.
1: Yeah. So we I talked
0: like... about in that first movie how they weren't even going to do it originally but then test screenings, people wanted that song. Yeah, they wanted it because that's how they, they know the Adams Family from the 60s. I think I neglected Jimmy Workman as Pugsley a little bit the first time around, and you were the one that was giving him credit. Yep. He's back in this. He's got more to do. You know, him and Wednesday, thick as thieves at the summer camp. Him as the turkey. Eat me. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. We get the, the new character, the the son, uh, Joel oh, yeah. Clicker. He's Wednesday's love interest, and he's played by David Quimaltz. I mm-hmm. believe he's Bernard the Elf from the Santa Claus, the wow. Tamala movie. Wow. Also, he's in the. If it's the act I'm thinking of, he's also in 10 Things 8 About You. Okay. He's the one that gets the dick drawn on his face. Right, right, right. It's a pretty
1: good gag in that movie. But yeah, so he's he's in this. He's like a quirky, quirky, neurotic kid. Yeah, He's like he's got lots of neuroticism and he's quirky and he kind of like sort of takes a shine on Wednesday and she likes him too. And I think she likes the fact that he takes shots at himself. Like yeah. He's uncomfortable and she's she very self deprecating. Yeah.
0: We've got a different grandmama Adams in this one. Replacing Judith Molina, we have Carol Kane. Mm. Interestingly, though, Carol Kane is almost a year younger than Angelica Houston, wow. who plays her
1: daughter. And she looks ancient. <laughs> well. Yeah, I
0: mean, obviously, that's practical effects. but yeah. I mean, the makeup, they do a good job. But I'm job really she... familiar with Carol Kane as an actress. Mm. So doing this rewatch, I could only see her. Yeah, right. In that first movie, not being too familiar with Melina outside of the Adams mm. family, I only saw grandmama. Yeah. She is good, though. That's fair enough. Cousin it, John Franklin.
1: I think he's back from the first one. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. He, he goes on to um, marry or have kids with the lady from the first film. That's right.
0: That's uh, Dana Ivy as Margaret Alford. Yep. And now they've got a little
1: baby. It's Yep. Little tiny hair baby. Hmm. <laughs> And babies, yeah, pubert. Pubert rules. I think I really feel like Pubert steals the show in this movie. Even though we don't see a hell of a lot of him, he has some, some pretty key scenes. Played by twin sisters. Wow. Not actually a boy. Okay. But using
0: twins for a kid or a baby in a movie isn't mm. uncommon, but this time, yeah, the cast, a little
1: girl or little two girl, little girls, they slap as a moustache on her. How about that? I mean, you wouldn't know, though. No. You're surprised. like Yeah. Say, I don't think it makes a difference I'm when you're watching wow. the movie. There you go. You learn something new every
0: day. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few cameos in this movie. Uh, director Barry Sonnenfeld, he's back as mm. Mr. Glicker, the father of Joel Glicker. Right. And in the first movie, he was the man on the train, wasn't he? That's right, yeah. That was a great scene I in love that, that movie. That was awesome. And Julie Halston, I'm not too familiar with her, but she played the
1: mother. Nathan Lane is in this. Yeah, as he's, a, this, he's the cop at the uh, police precinct. That's, that's the right. scene where um, Gomez is ranting and raving, you know, I demand justice, denied. Well, I mean,
0: interestingly, Lane went on to portray Gomez in the 2010 right. Broadway musical version of The Addams Family. I've seen photos of that. The movie opens and you see David Hyde Pierce, very distracting. <laughs> Niles from Frasier.
1: Right. And also Abe Sapien from Hellboy.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's also him. Wow. Yes, yeah, so he's in—he's the delivery room doctor. So he's in it very, very briefly. Tying into another one of our podcasts we did together, the Birds of Prey episode. Mm. Ian Abercrombie, who played Alfred Pennyworth in that series, is in this as a driver who picked up Festa and Debbie from their Hawaiian honeymoon. So he seems mm. to be in on it, isn't he? Mm. So he knows Debbie, and he's surprised that Festa is still alive because throughout this movie, she is trying to kill unsuccessfully kill him, which. I found very entertaining. I always mm. find when you've got a character that's going to do something extreme, mm. yet the other person, I'd almost go as far as saying, is enjoying it or isn't phased by yeah. it. It's always enter- entertaining that's to watch fun. because
1: she's yeah. trying to push it further and further. She tries to at one stage tries to electrocute him by dropping a uh, stereo into a hot tub jacuzzi, and he thinks nothing of it. He loves it. He um, when the lights come back on, and she's expecting him to be dead. He's just sitting there with the bulb in his mouth, in typical festive fashion, and she's just like, oh. <laughs> it's great And the only other cameo I was going to mention Is Tony Shalop as George oh, right. A patron at the bar Debbie goes to He's also the voice of Splinter in, in the ill-fated Michael Bay Turtles reboots
0: Really? Yes
1: Did not know
0: that I know him more from Monk And mm. uh, Galaxy Quest Well, he's also Splinter Wow, that's cool It's an awful movie <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Michael it Bay Turtles Really movie. sucked
0: oh, uh, did, did you watch the second one? I feel like we've had this conversation before
1: yeah I did Awful Even mm. with added Stephen Amell I yep. still did not yep. like that movie yep. Terrible And now there's, there's talk Of they rebooting it yet again Oh they'll always Reboot it Because Turtles prints money Michael Bay Give up If you're listening to this Stop Cease and desist Just don't I mean more. he's made Some good movies The first two bad boys The Rock Yeah okay Alright it, It's as soon as
0: The first Transformers movie We're getting off topic here But the first Transformers movie I still stand by Is a good movie It's good
1: it's it's the we'll same. Let him off the hook for that. Everything else sticks. Adams family. Though. Back, Back to the Adams family. family. <laughs> the
0: the costumes. It's pretty much what we got
1: from the first, the first one. First go, well, go around.
0: They nailed it in that first movie. The yeah. only real change we get
1: is when you've got the other Adamses coming over for the wedding. I think mm. Gomez wears a top hat. Yeah, and also we see. Um, on their on their honeymoon, um, or as it were, Fester is wearing a wig and a a big white, oh, that's right, big white number, and he looks like a big stupid mafia goon from the '80s. Which, well, Debbie makes a remark like, "If we're going to do this, then you need to change your appearance." Yeah, 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 and he just looks stupid and ridiculous. But you know, it's it works for for what it is. Yeah, it does, and we're seeing. More of the Adamses this time, out when There's a few regular. I think well, characters I, that I remember. I can my first. One. I absolutely love the weddings. Uh, the wedding scene, the big huge party, the big gathering where all the quirky freaks and oddities all come out of the woodwork, and they're all there and celebrating and, and um, you know um, coming together for the marriage of Debbie and Festa. And um, you just see a real. It's a real oddball collection, isn't it? Of like a who's who of, of just really weird people. I love that scene, and and the music is a big part of it, and it was in the first movie as well. It's the same composer. You've yeah. got Mark Shaiman. That's right, and um, I love that soundtrack. It's 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 almost Elfman-esque. You could you could almost say it was Danny Elfman doing it because very similar in tone. It is, yeah. I mean, did you hear? So he did the score, but with
0: they put two soundtracks out, which was very common back then. One mm. would be the score, the other would be music uh, inspired from by. or inspired by. Yeah. Michael Jackson was supposed to have a song feature in the movie. And it was called Adam's Groove Family Thing. Hmm. You can find versions of it on YouTube. The song was removed because of contractual differences with Paramount Pictures. Also, though, I think at the time there was allegations thrown around about Jackson. Yeah. They decided to pull. Pull And it's like a weird... Jackson gag in the movie I think it's Pugsley one of the characters hmm. looks at a Michael Jackson poster and then nervously looks away from it
1: yeah maybe that was a uh, a pot shot yeah a bit of a broadside
0: also on the soundtrack it included Supernatural Thing which was a chart success for Benny King hmm there you go so it sounds like it's definitely a soundtrack worth listening to mm. the score itself was brilliant though yeah
1: I mean I'm glad they brought the same guy back because he did such a good job oh yeah on that first movie. So much so that uh you know a couple of weeks back for Halloween Sarah and I were baking Halloween treats and cookies and things and that was one of the, the the things we had playing in the background while we were in the kitchen baking away and it was it was great we enjoyed it. I mean tonally it does
0: feel like that first movie. I didn't see the movies that came after this like when Tim Curry took over as Gomez mm. in Adams Family was it Adams Family Reunion is I that the next one? Didn't see that. And they the only cast member to come back is Strachan as Lurch. Huh. I'm pretty sure he's back, but everybody else is recast. They've got Daryl Hannah as Morticia, didn't which is I don't recall that maybe at all.
1: That's yeah, weird. I don't recall that at
0: all. I remember seeing bits of it. I've never like, sat down, start to finish and watch it. Right. So I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm going to commit to watching it for the podcast. And then we'd have our Adams Family Trilogy. But I'd mm. say with what we're here to talk about today... There's just those two movies. Yeah, the first two. You've got
1: to stick with this cast. Yeah. They uh well for a generation or so out there, they will be the cast that they know as the Adams family, that they that are synonymous with them, that well, they it's think
0: just of. Like John Astin with that mm. original. And who yep. played Morticia?
1: Uh it was
0: Carolyn Jones. People that watched that. I mean, I saw bits of it, you know, as a kid, like reruns. I love it. But it was these movies. These yeah. movies, and I think for I talked you, about yeah. it last time, the animated series that
1: came out in the nineties. Mm. I really liked that one. Funny postscript. Since we recorded the first episode, uh, the first Adam's um, Family Fiend episode, and I mentioned that I had a uh, Scooby Doo meets Adam's Family VHS line around somewhere, I actually found it the other day. I was going through all my old D- DVDs and videos, and sure enough, there it was. I even sent a picture of it to you so you could have a good chuckle. Yep, got the evidence. Yep. So there you go. It exists, people. Adam's Family meets Scooby Doo on VHS it exists. Happened. It happened. It happened. Yeah, I'm sure that's available on YouTube or you'd be able to stream it. I somewhere. would actually love to track down the DVD if it's been reissued.
0: Yeah, no, um, that'd be cool.
1: I mean, I know they've they've relaunched that series, haven't they? So maybe, no, maybe as a response to the original one. Yeah, maybe maybe as a response to the to the to the new movie that's coming out, they may do it. I'll keep my eyes peeled. Just like the cast, the music,
0: the direction, the effects carry over from the first movie to this movie. It still holds up. Adam's Family for what it is. It's quirky. It's gothic, mm-hmm. and I just think everything about it still holds up. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to rate this movie out of five, I believe the first movie
1: you came in at a, I want to say five. Yeah, I did. I'm going to go slightly under here. And also, can I say, can I give it a half, like a 4.5? Of course you can. Yeah. Yep. I'll give it a 4.5. Not as good as the first one, but still highly enjoyable. Still a lot of fun. Um, It's, it's, I, I, I love that it has, like you say, it has more direction and more focus than the first movie. So that's why it gets a good score from me. Um, just feel like like you say Gomez and Morticia definitely feel like an afterthought in this one they take a back seat to everything else and it takes away from the film somewhat and that's probably the only reason I can think of why it suffers and that's why I'm willing to deduct a half score from it a half a point from it before I give a rating
0: I just want to give a shout out to Peter McNichol and Christine Baranski they play
1: the, camp, the counselors please. at the camp yeah yep, and they're great Peter McNichol, of course, was in Ghostbusters 2. Janosch. Mm-hmm. And Ally McBeal. <laughs> and, oh, there you go. And
0: Baranski, she's been in heaps of things, including The Big Bang Theory. Well, there you go. She That's plays, right. She um, plays Leonard's mother. Yeah,
1: and I did not make that connection to her. You just said it then. I'm like, of course it's hers. It's just a much younger version. Wow. Both
0: these actors have been working consistently oh, yeah. for decades.
1: You might not even know, but they've been in a lot of things that you probably wouldn't even have recognised and they have been in the background. I'm
0: going to coin a bit lower... This time as well, but a solid four. Like, there's a lot of fun to be had with this. I was missing Gomez and Maticia, but you're still getting the other characters and you can't help but feel Mm -hmm. that Christina Ricci, her popularity was getting up there at the time. And they certainly gave her a lot more to do in this movie. Mm. Like if you're not following Festa
1: and Debbie, you're following Wednesday. Yeah, and I feel like Tim Burton would have been watching that movie going, you know what, she's brilliant. I'm going to cast her in one of my movies, which she eventually did. Sleepy Hollow. Yes. That is a great movie. We should do a podcast on that sometime. Does it sound like comics? We'll
0: talk about it off air. Maybe. Maybe. We will. We will. But yeah, it's a four out of five. The music's there. The cast is there. The look and feel of the Adams family. But once again, having, it, having the focus being on Festa. And less of the rest of the family mm. is a detractor for me. I'm hoping mm. with the new animated one that it
1: is actually a movie about the family. I think it will be. I mean, I hope so. I really have my hopes for high, held high for that, and I cannot wait to see it. If in a week or two's time, that's right. Comes out. What do we get it? I think it's the fifth of December. Fifth of December. The day after my birthday. That's ah. how I. That's how I know that.
0: There we go. Yeah. Well, that's it for our episode all about Adam's family values. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find
1: us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Not a problem. Thank you so much for having me. As always, always a pleasure, never a chore. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.